Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Dreams would come and take our lives away. Dreams would come. 
3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally, the first new show for 2022. Great to be back with you. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people or First Nations people from anywhere um, in the latter part of that in the world where you're listening and acknowledging that on this continent and surrounding islands, all the lands were stolen and never ceded. And a very special acknowledgement today that today is the anniversary of the apology for stolen generations and our hearts and minds of non-Aboriginal people are with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on this important day. I'm Sally Goldner. I'm the host of Out of the Pan. If this is the first time you've listened, if you've made a New Year's resolution to listen to Queer Radio, this is a show covering, well, I like to say pansexual issues, pan meaning all or knowing no boundaries of um, sex or gender and other things. There'll be lots to cover on the, the show today. The second half, well, it's been a mountain of news during the week and there was something about a religious discrimination bill that didn't get through Parliament. Um, which we'll be discussing and I'll be trying not to use four-letter words about um, in line with broadcasting regulations for noon to one on a Sunday afternoon. Um, And um, during that, um, there will be an obvious mention of transphobia and lateral hostility. But not wasting any time back into it for the year. I've um, been practising. I've had a double shot of coffee or something like that because we're right into the guests and... It is my pleasure to welcome to the show today author and editor, amongst many other things, also a founding committee member of what is now the Victorian Pride Lobby, um, previously the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, Peter Descazio. And Peter has um, put out a book, Outspoken, um, where he's written stuff and edited other things and declaring the interest that I have a chapter in the book, although I'm not being paid anything for it. Peter, it's a pleasure to welcome you to 3CR. And, um, well, it's your first... Um, you know, wonderful to have you um, with us and possibly even your first time on radio even. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sally, and good afternoon to you and good afternoon to the listeners. Yeah, great to have you with us. Um, you know, sort of writing a book, uh, someone once said to me either, who had a dry sense of humour, if you get a chance to do a PhD, don't. Now, I could say if you get a chance to write and or edit a book, don't with a dry sense of humour. Seriously, you have and you've done plenty of others as well. Um, what makes you, first of all, I'll just say, want to write and or edit books? Um, what, what, you know, is there, what sort of, what's the thing there for you? What, you know, what's that about? Oh, mostly it's because I've got things to say. And, uh, you know, and it's one form of doing it and actually putting it down for posterity. And that's a really logical and intuitive and powerful answer. I can't remember who it was who said, um, if you were the last person on earth, um, would you write? Because you'd only be, to some extent, writing for yourself. But that's not true because the issues covered in this book, and this is where um, possibly, um, before I go further, if any of the content, such as lateral hostility, which we're just going to mention in this part of the show, um, is of um, concern to you, we should just say there is a rainbow door on one eight hundred seven two nine three six seven, or QLife, including switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. I should also remember getting back into the groove. Lots of ways to contact the show, and um, you know, sort of about the content of the show. Out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. You can SMS six one four five six 
751215. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Look for posts on my page, Sally Goldner AM on Facebook, out of the pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions that I express on the show are strictly my own. So got all of that um, done. Um, but yeah, you, you do want to write. There are things we need to communicate. And sometimes, you know, in, we'll say, popular broader community discourse, and even in what might be called a lot of the LGBTI community discourse or LGBTIQA+, some things don't get talked about. And you've really put them, got them into this book, um, Outspoken, um, which is really good. So specifically, drilling down a bit further, what was your sort of thought process? What was the aha moment, so to speak, um, for this particular book? Yes, I think it was um, that uh, I wrote a, the first book I wrote was called The Rise of the Versatile, which was looking at significant changes in um, gay men's sex roles. And mm-hmm. it's been controversial um, and or, or ignored. And uh, so I thought, okay, I want to uh, produce another book where I can further those themes but also um, get other people to write about controversial themes. Because, like you said, I think there are things that are not being talked about uh, that are fairly obvious, and it's either because people don't see them because they're in the middle of them or that they are they're deliberately not um, not seen. Yeah, or you know, sort of um, swept under the proverbial rug, so to speak. So let's mention a few. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I suppose I'll get it out of the way. I mean, I've got a chapter in there. From lateral hostility to lateral respect, which is going to be very relevant or somewhat relevant later when we discuss um, when I discuss the religious discrimination bill, there there is definitely a linkage there. Um, that's something that doesn't get um, discussed. I mean, um, I'll put I'll sort of put this in. You know, I talk a lot about this on the program, and um, long time listeners will know about it. But when you perhaps you know, I sent off a draft to you um, of an article that I'd written that's turned into this chapter. When you first read it, what were your thoughts on this um, and some of the things that came up when you thought, wow, or maybe you didn't think, wow? What, what, well, you know, put it in your own words. Well, I, I was wow because, you know, I like understanding, uh, seeing and learning and understanding the terminology that leads us down a certain path, and so that was good. You introduced that to me. And also um, uh, I, it was something that I, I, I noticed it in the game men's um, uh, community, uh, but I had sort of put it all together and seen, okay, it's a similar picture. I could put a, the same sort of tag on it. Uh, it's, it's a similar thing that's going on. Uh, that, that sort of you know, opened, a, uh, opened a window for me that I then ended up writing a later chapter about uh, lateral hostility specifically in, in gay men. Well, yeah. Now, I mean, look, I'm, you know, obviously there's been significant discourse in both rainbow communities and broader communities about um, gay men. But, um, you know, I'm not a gay man, so I don't understand those issues. So perhaps, um, and maybe there's other trans people who don't, and the chapter we're talking about, Chapter 11, Can I Trust My Brother, in italics, Lateral Hostility Amongst Gay Men. Tell us a bit about that. Um, you know, give us a teaser, so to speak. Well, I suppose the thinking is, well, certainly from my perspective, you know, I came through uh, much of the liberation in the last late, Last century, where we did consider each other's uh, each other to be brothers, we were you know, fighting a fight together. We were, um, uh, you know, part of a minority. So, you know, I, I always expected that we'd have that sort of relationship uh, that uh, we would support each other. And it's only really, you know, since uh, since two thousand, for want of a better point, 
um, that um, we've seen uh, that, no, we're, we're so individual, we're so disparate, we're so varied that we don't understand each other. There isn't that link. And so we're able to actually, you know, steal from our brother, uh, which is the, the, the main um, example that I give. But, uh, you know, the, the types of hostility actually gets worse than that. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll just, um, if you want to discuss that, now you can, but knowing what is in there, of course, <coughs> I'll raise a, a, str- a higher level of content note here because some of it is perhaps a little distressing, but you, if you want to discuss, uh, you know, just give yeah. a couple more layers of teaser, um, you yeah. know, go into it. Yes, well, um, what we're seeing is, um, is certainly a, a huge increase in the amount of theft now, you know, the part of the culture for gay men is that, you know, um, we seem to want a lot of sex, surprise, surprise. And uh, and so someone would come to your home. You would hook up with them on, online and so you'd have visitors. And uh, it's incredible the amount of visitors that seem to get home with something in their pocket. Uh, and, like, it, despite the fact that you had a really good time, it's not as if there was any um, you know, an, animosity. And then it goes to uh, areas of um, uh, fraud and uh, uh, like scams uh, that use you know, a, a sexual, um, it's essentially it's connections by sex that, uh, that are being used. And then uh, to you know, potentially uh, uh, you know, uh, theft, but also, but also rape um, going on. Um, and, and none of it, the key to it is none of it's being reported. Because the the, um, the the victims are um, are afraid of the police because mm. of history, or else they're um, uh, or else they're they're embarrassed um, uh, because it's going to have to tell a story about hooking up with a muscle man or something, and or, or, or they're um, or they're, uh, they're, there's other thing illegal things involved like drugs, and so there's a reticence. Yeah, look, that's that's a really good point, and I mean. Um... You know, police, um, you know, it's an ongoing um, issue. I'll try to keep it neutral in, in the rainbow communities, including cisgender gay men and trans gay men and um, all that sort of thing. And uh, there is that fear. And, of course, um, like this time last week, there I was at virtually to the, to the minute at Pride March and a bunch of no police at Pride protesters jumped out in front of the police as they marched down Fitzroy Street, um, which was... You know, it's an issue, and also late last year, just um, after the last show I did live, um, got some messages from, we'll say, various angles on the police town hall event that happened. But certainly there is that issue, but it is a worry that someone can't feel they can report a crime to police, even if we have the, um, well, rainbow liaison officers. I'm not, I've lost track a little of the exact title, um, you know, sort of... Um, um, that exists, and so that's a real, real problem. That um, you know, this is just beginning to go out of control um, to that level. Yes, and I think that it's like it's not everyone that's involved. Um, the perpetrators obviously know that they can do it with impunity because it's never being reported, so they can stay in your, your community and they just repeat it, um, which you know isn't something you see outside of that. That's because that unique condition is they're not they're not being reported, yep. and the um uh, so and it's not like huge numbers, but it's enough bad apples in the system mm. to um, sort of taint taint the community, so that there's you know there's enough of this going on, um, and, uh, and and it's like we have to change okay the bad apples to the good apples to have an influence on the culture. 
so that it's not okay. Well, very, very true. And I mean, you know, let's also, you know, I think in the interests of balance, there are police who I think do their best. And But I think when you're in a position of power and influence, such as police have, um, there has to be a greater degree of responsibility. And, you know, the whole bad apples thing, the complete phrase, it only takes one apple to stink out the whole barrel, so to speak, or um, as one police officer put it to me, whenever you put on, one of you puts on that uniform, you're representing all um, 13,000 um you know, sort of however many Art Victoria police there are, which is a fair thing. So Yes, I was actually referring to bad apples, uh, gay men who are bad apples. Well, like that's in, true in the as gay, well. Um, yeah. Yeah, that are, that are actually um, doing the crimes and there's no one within the gay community who's actually uh, slapping them down and saying, no, no, you can't do that. Like yeah. it's, not, it's not, there's no moral compass being applied. Yeah, and that's that's a huge problem, and it is a worry that there is this sort of um, behaviour going on, and there is this um, level of, well, we'll say selfishness happening um, as well. And there was another thought that um, sort of went through, a couple of thoughts went through my head as you were, were talking there. You know, is it is it a community, or are, is it just now for gay men and to some extent um, lesbians is it just oh the level of assimilationism in the large parts of Australia at least is so high that you know there isn't a sense of community more just individualism um, there's so many good chapters in here we could talk about I've got it and there's quite a few I want to mention let's come back to gender which of course is a, a major part of this show and there's a wonderful chapter by Ron Herzog tell us a bit about that one Well, Ron is a, he's a gay man. He's a mate of mine, um, and uh, he has a sort of interesting story to tell. And um, previously, a, a Baptist church minister. So I thought, oh, well, there's an interesting perspective. And he talked about um, uh, gender performance, which was him exploring, uh, exploring, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, femininity or the, uh, um, in um, by uh, he collects vintage. Um, uh, antiques and clothing, and so he had uh, vintage women's clothing that he um, that he likes. And a friend of his is a very good photographer. They sort of had a they sort of had a, a session and uh, and where he went through a whole. Well, he talks in the chapter about sort of uh, in his head how he was going through and understanding this process and what he was exploring and what he felt. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Now, this is the sort of stuff where we need we need where we get to this sense of authenticity, which is really really welcome. And um, you know that you know well, you, I sometimes as an educator, I'm asked you know maybe seriously and sometimes even sarcastically. So, how many genders are there? And I go oh, around eight billion. There's one for everyone. Um, the question is potentially can we be as much of our authentic selves as we want in relation to anything including gender identity and gender expression. And Ron seems to have um, found a sense of authenticity, and that's a, a wonderful thing, um, which we need. Um, you've The thing about the book... And to just say it's wonderful that he could actually say it. Yes. Of his background, I was expecting... You can actually write an essay there um, being anonymous, and I was expecting he might do that or not mention um, his uh, uh, a religious background. Um, but it was wonderful that he could actually say all of that openly. Yeah. Which is a one a wonderful sign of the times that we you know I think we you know yes we all know it's old story we know there's a long way to go but we also need to acknowledge we have come some distance, um, which is really important. There's a chapter in there which you know look you 
but um, outspoken doesn't just mean progressive in inverted commas topics. You've got a chapter in there from Brett Hayhoe, which is um, interesting, um, dividing the rainbow politics in our community. Brett tends more to the right or conservative end of the political slash ideological um, kaleidoscope. Um, you know, let's talk a bit about that one because, you know, in fairness, um, it might be controversial and there'd be a lot of people probably including listeners of this, um, well, left, more left station who would disagree with what Brett says, but he does put up reasonable arguments. Tell us a bit about that one. Yes, well, I suppose we've got to um, accept that within, you know, I think you coined the term to me, rainbow community, there's going to be, a, 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 you know, a variation in political views. The political views don't come with our sexuality or our gender, necessarily, mm. um, you know, and the political views can change at various points in your life. And so I, I was pleased that um, he was, uh, you know, prepared to do something because I, I thought, well, I want his view put out because there are uh, there are um, people in our community that that you know hold sort of more right wing political views, um, and so it's useful to understand how they're thinking, and also we we could have um, right wing governments in in, um, in office, and so we could it's a bit, a bit of an insight into how they think and what are the real important buttons for them. Well, yeah, well that that's true. I mean, you know, I think. Victoria, sometimes at a state level, first of all, we are given that we've had Labor now for all but four of the last 23 years, um, you know, we're, it's, we're becoming, we can fall into the bubble trap and then, you know, obviously, well, again, referring to what's going to come up later in the program um, with the um, religious discrimination bill at a national level, we certainly have a right-wing government and it's how on earth do we communicate with them, which um, communication being both talking and listening in equal amounts with equal respect by all parties, um, it is a challenge. So we have to start having that conversation, um, you know, and we, well, the other thing which I'll hint at now is can we always rely on the ALP to support us? Um, maybe, maybe not. We'll come to that soon. But you've written lots of chapters as well, um, you know, sort of in there, Um Pick a, anything you want to talk about that you else you've written about. Apart, um, you mentioned the lateral hostility amongst gay men, but uh, mention one or two others and what they're about. Oh, well, the the second coming out is button close to my heart. Yeah, and uh, like I came out uh, as a gay man about at the age of thirty. It wasn't an easy process. In fact, it was a very difficult one. And uh, and when I got to about fifty, I just sort of naturally fell into a phase when I uh, re-examined that. And I was you know, re-examining that in, with wise and uh, mature eyes, and uh, and uh, and I came up with uh, with some revelations, and I sort of re-repaired um, myself after the turmoil of of coming out at the age mm. of thirty, and it changed my whole perspective. Um, it was one of the things that spawned, spawned uh, these books and these ideas. Um, uh, you know how, uh, Sally, we sometimes have this um, sensor in front of us and we sense all the information that goes between us and the, and the world and family, mm -hmm. and we have that constantly. And it's a real you know, a, a drain on our brains. Um, it, it costs a lot to maintain that. And I pretty well dropped the sensor um, um, when I was about the age of 50, and what happened was this whole section of my brain got released and all of a sudden I had all these ideas uh, about things I wanted to say that came flooding through. And I thought, oh, what if I'd had that all my life? Anyway, that, that was, and that was part of this, what I call the second coming out. And uh, I found an example in a book of, of, a, um, of a book of coming out stories 
of a 60-something-year-old man who basically went through the same process. We both became what we would call a confident gay man. And it was, a, it was a real turning point in my life. And I don't know whether we're, um, like, you know, uh, our communities have been invisible for so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. We're really only just starting to get huge numbers of the population going through that age group of 50s and 60s. Yep. And I wonder how many of them need to revisit coming out. <laughs> or not need. Well, look, I, I, I totally affirm this, and it's very parallel for me, just the, you know, just change the word gay to trans and bi, because... I sometimes say yeah. for the first 29 and a half years of my life, I was going south. I was trying to be, I say joking, jokingly now, a cisgender, heterosexual, masculine, beer-drinking, uh, men's football-loving male and failing abysmally, pretty much on all counts. Um, and so for the next 27 years, um, roughly, I've learned and unlearned. I've claimed my authentic self and tried to get rid of the bits that aren't me. I'm still doing it. I call this the topsoil effect, coming out whether it's, gender identity and or sexual slash romantic orientation. I don't really, I don't want to talk for intersex status here. I think that's a very different thing in a lot of ways. Um, But we get through all of that. Then what about as a person? And I would say that I'm only just coming to myself totally or largely as a person now. So I very, very much relate to this and um, what happens, what happens next? And so I think this is a, a huge topic for discussion and it's one that, you know, it's a nice topic to have once. It's a nice problem to have that now we are getting to this because we are getting more and more people out, which is really, really welcome. Um, so it's a wonderful book, um, declaring all possible bias and, and interest in it. Um, in the immortal words of a 1980s um, television advertisement, where do you get it? Um, how can we get a copy of outspoken LGBTIQ stories? Oh, sorry, there's one more question before we do that. We acknowledge that... Um, I'm, I think, the only woman um, contributor in this um, and possibly the only people, person, perhaps other than, to our knowledge, cisgender gay men. So, um, you know, sort of just we wanted to acknowledge that and, have a, and just have a bit of a mention of that before we go through all the where do we get it. <laughs> yes, well, certainly it was my intention to uh, sort of have uh, a representative group of, of writers, and I started out inviting and sort of saying hello to various um, uh, people and, group, um, and groups. Uh, I just found that, like, obviously, my connections are better with within gay, uh, the gay male community, so I suppose I was more able to uh, be successful there, but I, I just wasn't getting um, the response or the commitment uh, from other groups. And I don't know that, uh, why I don't know, because I think there'd be individual reasons or it might have been just you know, time and I didn't mm. tap on the shoulders of the right people. Well, maybe because I wasn't, you know, it helps to be known and connected. So, um, and so I acknowledge I got to deadlines and I thought I'm just going to have to go with it, with the contributors that I have. Um, and uh, it's a first, you know, it's a first um, tra- pass of, of a book like this. I do want to do another one and see how I go, and I'm certainly making an extra special effort to uh, try and get um, a more um, uh, women, uh, women's voices in there uh, from a range of, uh, of areas. Um, and uh, so hopefully people will be able to see that the, the runs are on the board in terms of I can pull it together. I just need to get a more variety of voices. For sure. Look, I will give you this commitment live to air that I will gladly certainly help you promote and network next time. I think, in fairness, when you contacted me last year, everyone was just, um, I'll be polite and say, flippin' exhausted because of the, the damn plague, the pandemic, and people were really struggling. And I think we're gradually 
you know, beginning to sort of poke our heads out the door again, so to speak, and come back to life. So um, I think that um, we will, you know, I think next time you want to do something, we'll do that. And I will, you know, gladly help you network into more communities like Trans and Bi and where others where I can. I will give you that commitment very, very easily. Um, I'm not sure if I'm an editor or not. Um, actually, I think it's something I'm quite skilled at doing. I seem maybe it's an attention to detail thing. But um, seriously, I'll gladly assist you on that. And when you want to give a call out for stories, come back on 3CR and we'll have a, another chat about where you want to go. Yes, thank you. That would be good. So let's do it now. I'll start that bit again. Outspoken LGBTIQ stories from the coalface, um, edited and in part contributed to by Peter Descasio. Um, where do you get it? How do people get it? Where do you get it? Well, I, uh, it's been self-published, but um, but using the infrastructure of um, Amazon, mm-hmm. um, which is I, I investigated um, who to use, and uh, and they look like the best. And um, so it's available through Amazon. Um, as a as a, a Kindle ebook, which you don't have to have a Kindle, you just have to have a Kindle app on your computer or um, device, um, or hardback or paperback. Um, I've, it's also available in Hairs and Hyenas uh, in at the new Pride Centre. Absolutely. So there's lots of good ways to get it um, online. Go down to the um, well, um, the Hairs Bookshop at the Pride Centre. Um, got to be careful now. We have separate to that. We have the hair hole still in. Um, Johnson Street, but that's a separate thing. And um, yeah, read, read, read. Um, always good to get a good queer book. Peter, you've survived your first time on radio. See, we, we don't bite, um, unless it's consensual, of course, to use an old gag. But um, seriously, thank you so much for giving up um, your Sunday to come and have a chat on the show. I say it was a very enjoyable thing to contribute to the book as an as a contributor. You made it um, easy. You gave constructive feedback, listened and all that sort of thing. So Hopefully when you do the next one, you'll have lots of other people, um, eager beavers, willing to contribute. Yes, thank you very much, Sally. I've enjoyed, um, enjoyed my experience today. All right, then hang on for just a second. I'll get a track rolling and we'll wind up off air. Um, and um, there it was, Peter Descasio live on uh, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org, um, 3CR um, On Demand, and all of the ways to listen. Um, Hoffler's messaged in with lots of messages. Um, I'll just say, um, listening to the, um, Hoffler's listening to the show now, good to have you and all our listeners with us. I'll get to your comments in the next segment. They'll fit in nicely there. Um, lots to talk about there. Uh, in the meantime, let's have a couple of tracks. Um, so many good ones to play. Um, I think, well, we'll do this track, um, and I'll say why I'll play it afterwards. I'll just say for now, before it gets completely vandalised on television tonight, here's Dragon with April Sun in Cuba. 3CR, 855am, you're on Out of the Pan with Sally.
Luciano and Georgia Keats, supported by the Australian Queer Archive, present Queer Ways, retracing Melbourne's queer footprint. Queer Ways is a community art project that maps the queer history of Melbourne, combining our community's stories and voices, past and present, into a permanent, interactive record of being queer in Melbourne. Visit www.queerways.melbourne now to record your story in queer history and explore our city's untold history. Queer Ways, a 3CR supporter. about a voice in our own country we've got a reason to be screaming out where's our voice in this country you know not that i want to be a part of the constitution for that you know that's why 3cr is so important to, to me and this community here we've got a voice but it's not you know we're entitled to a bigger voice than what we've got but it's all about having a voice subscribe to 3cr fiercely independent and community controlled Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03 9419 8377. 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. And yes, um, become a 3CR subscriber. We are in the middle of a subscriber week period. Um, it's a way of supporting the station. You get to have a say in the station. I can't guarantee you'll be able to pass a motion at a general meeting of members um, telling me to stop the bad puns and wrestling references. But um, look, you'll seriously, you will have a say. Um, you also, you won't be able to stop the diverse range of pansexual music knowing no boundaries of Australian um, artists. We opened up today with um, Kevin Johnson, a much forgotten songwriter in my opinion, and one of the great um, under-recognised songwriters in Australian music history. And we opened up with Dreams, What Are Your Dreams for 2022? We'll get to that in a second. And then April Sun in Cuba, you heard it um, clearly by itself for the last um, time in its original form. Rest in peace, Mark and Paul and all the other men, and hello to any surviving members of Dragon, before it gets massacred tonight on 60 Minutes. Now, content note, um, mention of um, transphobia and lateral hostility in this segment. And um, before I go any further, I'm dedicating this segment to... Australia, to trans and gender diverse people in Australia, particularly trans people of faith and young trans people, including students. I'm taking deep breaths because, quite frankly, I'm not sure I can do this segment in with total calm and moderation. I'm, well, dare I say, pun intended, praying to high heaven that I'm not going to use swear words. What an awful, awful week. Let's go back and look at this, go as much as it's difficult. 2017, we got marriage equality, and some people were saying at the time, it's the end of the rainbow. Well, maybe for cisgender gays and cisgender lesbians, but not for the rest of us, including trans. I'm not going to sit here and preach from a place of absolute wisdom by a long shot. All my emotions were brought up in a re-traumatising way this week, the whole um, um, you know, the 2017 postal survey were 
where trans were thrown under the bus by, bus by careerist corporate cisgender lawyers and we were snow-jobbed, so to speak. Um, and the whole thing, the whole lateral hostility. And I, I was in a conversation during that part in 2017. It was um, unfortunately very private. I can't name names. Even if I wanted to, I gave my word. But there was a clear mention by a cisgender lesbian. Oh, some of us got together and decided, well, we'll have to sacrifice trans people and bi people and sex positivity to get married. Gee, thanks. And we ended up with the gay-streamed, um, you know, middle-class, white picket fence, um, large department store-looking approach to getting marriage equality. And, you know, so few of those advocates have apologised, have promised to do better, never to do that again. So that's what came up for me this week, that feeling of abandonment. And, you know, then, you know, let's take the next step. Following from marriage equality where we thought it was the end of the rainbow, well, no, we were barely halfway climbing up one side, excuse any ableist references there, because, of course, um, we then had the Ruddock inquiry into so-called religious freedom, which we didn't need to have, and even Ruddock, despite the bias that I know um, he exhibited during that inquiry, even though there was no record, a number of people who spoke out about how biased and impartial he was as opposed to impartial and even he said there was no threat to religious freedom but we ended up with the various iterations of the so-called religious discrimination bill and then we come to this week I know a lot of trans people felt spoken for spoken about without our consent in ways that we disagreed with and this is a real real issue Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'd be honest and say for a lot of personal and professional reasons, I'm not as involved as I was um, three or four years ago. I've gone through some personal and professional hell in the last two years. So I don't know if the Liberal National Party or the ALP consulted directly with trans and gender diverse people, parents of younger trans people, um, or anyone like that. I was by chance at an event during midsummer where I met with two federal Labor MPs, not Carnival um, or Pride, and managed to get a word in. And, you know, they were reassuring, but they, of course, didn't promise anything. I felt they were authentic at least. But that's only a lucky, lucky break. And I expressed to them how much this was hurting. And this is where I think we have a challenge And then we come to the events of this week, the attempt to use trans students, let's call it what it was, as a wedge. Well, to quote the rock of WWE fame, um, at least in part, you can take your wedge, shine it up real nice and turn it sideways. I better not say the rest at around 12.42pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I probably couldn't say that until after nine o'clock. We felt very used and abused. And there'll be some people who are saying, oh, but all's well that ends well, and the ends justify the means. Well, no, it doesn't. Because I read in a news bulletin, The Squiz, which is a news summary bulletin, it's not an originator of news in itself, um, and this was not in quote marks, but it said, only about 20% of the Liberal National Party party room wanted the religious discrimination bill to go ahead. And they then put a tweet from um, an ABC program which didn't say that as such. But if that is true, why is it that 22 people in this country think they can override the will of about 77% of people who didn't want LGBT students to be discriminated against? This is a disgrace. 
And it just shows how out of touch the elite are in this country. And now I get to Hoffler's comments, which I totally, with which I totally agree and was going to bring up. It was once described to me by another cisgender gay man, not, I don't know whether with the permission of, this, of the person I'm about to name, Tim Wilson was once described as someone who has the ear of the Prime Minister. Well, I can only assume Scott Morrison had a large amount of earwax or Tim lost the key to Scott Morrison's door. Where were you this week, Tim? And in fairness, where was Warren Inch? Where was um, someone who I thought was a nice guy, openly gay West Australian Liberal Senator Dean Smith? Maybe he was holding his cards close to his chest until things got to the Senate and maybe then he didn't need to. And I'll acknowledge all of your comments here, um, Hoffler. Um, quote, yesterday on Saturday Magazine on Joy FM, they talked about the RD bill and callers all called out Tim Wilson and his act in action in not crossing the floor like Trent, Trent Zimmerman, end first quote. Begin second quote. Listeners all had very negative feedback after Tim about Tim Wilson to the shock of David McCarthy, Macca on Joy. Um, he is a co-host of Saturday Magazine. Finally, Macca conceded that it wasn't wise to suck up to him anymore and that Tim didn't return his calls to appear on the show. Um, so I don't really like, you know, it's what happens when the rich white gay men clubs stick together regardless of politics. And, well, I to- opened it with uh, mentioning Dragon. Hoffler's um, um, also referenced an article in today's Nine Papers. At least they say that um, about tonight's 60 Minutes episode, I won't be watching it. There'll be enough memes and I don't want to give 60 Minutes or Scott Morrison ratings. Having said all of that... The question that's beginning to form in my mind, this cannot happen again. We're seeing this rise in transphobia. It was interesting not long after um, um, the situation, uh, you, know, um, you know, that we can't have trans people thrown under the bus anymore. I should point out that Senator Claire Chandler, even though on Thursday when the bills, the trans, uh, the religious discrimination bill and sex discrimination amendments went to the Senate um, or didn't go to the Senate, she still introduced a bill about women and girls in sport. So we're trying, you know, still trying to get the trans hate agenda on the agenda and it's not good enough. Um, one of our listeners has SMSed in, John, quote, please note this maintains the status quo despite the bill's failure to pass. Gay and trans students, teachers can still be sacked. Well, that's true, John. Um, we didn't take any steps forward. But the thing is, had the whole religious discrimination bill been passed, it would have been what I would call a net backwards by a long way. The whole damage to so many um, groups, LGBTQA, not necessarily intersex, people with disabilities, women, minority faiths, many, many others, it would have been huge, um, would have been devastating. So we have to um, be um, really, you know, really clear. Then also the override of any other state, territory or federal anti-discrimination and anti-vilification laws with the statement of belief um, comment and, um, you know, the whole, um, the, the overall um, balance of the combination of bills, the, the proposed religious discrimination bills, and the um, was not going to be counterbalanced by the amendments to the Sex Discrimination Act, regardless of who they included, LGB, gay, lesbian, lesbian, gay, bi, or just trans. Labor, um, well, we're not sure where they, they are going to go next. I'm happy to have anyone from Labor on this show to give a commitment that they will 
under a, a more usual religious discrimination bill and then go again for the amendments to the Sex Discrimination Act and make sure teachers are covered as well, which they were not in the amendments that went through in the wee hours of Thursday morning, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Um, but it says questions about where were our... I'm, as I say, I'm not as involved, so this is a question, not a statement. What did some of our well-funded so-called LGBTIQA plus organisations, um, you know, do during the last few weeks? Were they, you know, sort of off at Pride March, waving banners and taking up space? Did they ring up politicians? Where were they? Where, you know, were all the people who supported marriage equality, where were they? Where was the union movement? You know, I got rung up during the postal survey. Oh, are you going to talk to your family about uh, marriage? Well, my, you know, my parents, while um, who were alive at that time, mum's since passed away. Um, we have a good had a good relationship, but we don't talk about queer stuff. It's just not can't work. So all of these things, but it says about how are we going to stop this negativity to trans people first in Australia. But let's also look at around the world. The UK is now rated as just as bad as Poland and Hungary, according to some research that I have, um, you know, um, in terms of being transphobic. The jolly old British Empire, as John Schumann of Redgum fame once said, and congratulations on his Order of Australia, um, you know, that... Um, 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 he once described England in the 1980s as a third world country pretending to be second world. Well, it's um, probably about ninth world by now, however you want to define that. Um, so, um, you know, sort of, um, uh, we've got a long way to go. Um, the thing that came out of it for this week is yes, and also in terms of the City Point Catholic College issue in Brisbane, um, um, you know, that, um, um, you know, so many people wanted to support our LGBTI and including trans young people. There was, what was it, 560,000 signatures over the summer to, in relation to that petition and um, only 167, and that's, you know, sort of, um, what's that, 14 times 12 or something, um, signatures supporting that um, right of the contract for City Point College. So I suppose you could say in the end, you know, decency won that, and there's been so many opinion polls um, put out by YouGov, commissioned by Just Equal, declaring my interest that I do some small volunteering for them, but Just Equal support, you know, saying we don't want the right to discriminate against our rainbow young people. So, um, you know, you could say love one, but the end doesn't justify the means. This just can't happen again. The damage to trans people has been huge. It's been wonderful to see so many trans people contacted, speaking up across a range of media of all ages. I got contacted by Crikey. You had the wonderful Joe Imkin talking about religion and trans on a couple of media outlets. You had young people. You had people from parents groups the whole and family groups, the whole thing. Um, so, um, and, um, you know, there's just... It just can't go on. Um, so I don't know. I have all the answers to that. I haven't been able to think it through. It's only been a few days. I spent yesterday at the beach recovering. I can at least say I didn't get sunburnt. But we've got some problems we need to talk about um, and um, you know, how we prevent this happening again because it can't. 
and well um, I suppose we're at least now safe until the federal election and that will depend on the result which is despite any opinion polls we can't really rely on them anymore they're statistical reasons they're not so clear so um, there it is um, end rant hopefully won't get um, taken for defamation or have this bit of any bits of the podcast taken down don't but um, this just can't go on and we'll talk a lot about um, some other things in the final segment. Um, just wanted to mention in terms of the one of the previous announcements, um, you can hear a history of Yarra and of course today is Melbourne Pride, not um, within metres of where I am at 3CR, um, talking about um, you know, sort of the um, Queer Ways Art Project. Yours truly had the fun of recording some voiceovers for that and they'll be released in, if not today, in the next few weeks. Um, so uh, let's have a breather and come back with a couple of messages and then do a quick overview of remaining news before the show ends and we head to Freedom of Species. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally Goldner, first broadcast on a Sunday afternoon. Words out. Freedom of species has hit the airwaves. Tune in for debates and updates on both local and international animal protection news and events. And learn about how you can live a cruelty-free, sustainable lifestyle. News, views and non-leather shoes. That's Freedom of Species, 1pm Sundays on 3CR. Authorised by the last few remaining kangaroos, Canberra. It's all about a voice in our own country. We've got a reason to scream out, where's our voice in this country? You know, not that I want to be a part of the Constitution for that, you know. That's why 3CR is so important to, to me and this community here. We've got a voice, but it's not, you know, we're entitled to a bigger voice than what we've got. But it's all about having a voice. Subscribe to 3CR, fiercely independent and community controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Just a couple more points, I suppose, on the debate. I will give credit to the five Liberals who crossed the floor in the lower house. Um, pretty um, courageous stuff. Um, gee, surprise, surprise, Peter Credlin, um, Peter Lacking Credlin in the uh, a certain murder media newspaper this morning um, said that they were saboteurs to their own party. No, Peter, it's called principle and humanity. Um, you know, so um, nice try there. Um, some more messages in from Hoffler, um, and um, I'm not quite sure about these actually. Um, well, I'm, you know, I to- you know, I've totally agreed. Privilege can trump sexuality every time, um, and um, one of the good things I'll come to that in, um, you know, sort of um, this week. Um, look, I've been talking about this for a long time. Sexism from gay men. Um, I've copped a lot of it in my time. 
time where someone called me an ex, uh, that I lectured like a school mom and I was XXX ugly on a, I was back on a Yahoo group, the number of times gay men from certain so-called leading LGBTI community organisations have spoken over me and spoken down to me. Um, Hoffler comments about um, when a gay MP walked out on Julia Banks in Parliament and I'm not sure what we're disagreeing um, with um, their um, Hoffler because I totally agree there's a lot of sexism um, in gay men and I could um, there's plenty of times all the time a um, then sitting um, MP shouted at me shouted at me and other women cis and trans in a room because we disagreed with him, but he didn't shout or even um, take up issue with any of the men who disagreed with him. Um, hmm. Anyway, um, so, um, you know, sort of, um, there we go. Now, talking sexism and violence against women, if there was one thing that helped revive me as well as the beach, um, uh, Thursday evening after I'd had a bit of um, rest time, I did watch the full um, National Press Club um, conference with um, Grace Tame and um, Brittany Higgins. Well, that was like the purest coffee and adrenaline and psychological fresh air they could be. And, um, you know, I'm, well, you're right, um, Hoffler, we can call it out. We have to call out this misogynism and hypocrisy that exists from gay men. Um, you know, as I say, well, last um, I've been had criticisms of some people um, pulled from podcasts, um, you know, even though I have facts to back it up, but sometimes we've got to call it. Um, and, um, you know, they were just wonderful. And, um, you know, sort of there was a good question um, during the press conference from Shubert Krishnan, who's an SBS journalist, um, who asked about what I saw as a linkage. How on earth could you have passed the Religious Discrimination Bill, um, which was um, um, you know, so appalling, when, um, you know, um, which would have um, effectively made it harder for women in all workplaces, including federal parliament? And the day before, of course, um, you had this so-called apology to Brittany Higgins. Anyway, I'm going way over time. I've got to make way for Freedom of Species, who are due next. Um, be good to have Nick and Caroline in um, as well, getting back to stuff for the year. Um, lots going on today in Melbourne very quickly. As I said, not far from me where I am, as once I've done the podcast, I'll um, get out there and join the Melbourne Pride celebrations on the north side, north side versus south side. A huge congratulations to all the sex workers who got... Um, um, decriminalisation through. I will try to catch up with people from Vixen Collective and others over the next week. It's just been so much to catch up on. There's stuff to talk about, about Pride March and Carnival as well, um, but haven't got time today. It's been a packed program. Perhaps try to catch up next week. Um, gosh, I'm not sure what music to take us out with today uh, as we head into Freedom of Species because, um, yes, it's one of those days. Um, but given that it is the apology of the sorry day, I think that um, the appropriate choice would have to be, have to be, have to be just a little bit of Midnight Oil and Gadigal Land from me here on Call of Nations Land. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. <laughs>
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.